give me another uh, analogy of the way I act in the world. Right, Josh. Everyone in the world is a mouse, okay? And you're a mouse too. Sometimes I think you're a cat. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You want to devour people and bring them into your own understanding of the life of the world, which is fine. Everybody has that hunger, but you do it almost playfully. Like a cat plays with their food. I saw a cat, Josh, right? And it had a spider, and it wouldn't kill the spider. It would just let the spider move away from it, and it grabbed it and brought it back. And it just did that for hours. And it, that's what you are. You're like, well, you know, you gotta understand this. No, I want to leave. No, understand. This is good. This is good. This is good for you. This is good for you. It's good for me. It's good for everyone. You understand? Josh, you a mixture of depression and laughter. <laughs> Why does Ben know me so well? I'm observant. Oh dear. Give me another one, Ben. Give me the good. Give me. Come on. Give me the good stuff. Come on. I know you've been preparing for this. <laughs> Let's just say, Josh, if it came to... You see when we write our book and we need to describe each other, you're screwed, mate. You've got three sentences on me. You've only got three sentences about me. I've got three flipping chapters. Because I'm observant. The life of a social terrorist. <laughs> Is that the title of the one for me? or No, for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anti-Josh. Oh, goodness. You'll be anti-Josh because Antifa are actually fascist. You see what I mean? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <coughs> oh, flip Right, so this, I, po- this, this episode... I encompass this, my opposite. This episode is brought to you by Emma. <laughs> she did all the notes. Great, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. That why it's legible. I, How many pages is that? Six. Six? Thing is, Josh... I just cheap. Me and her address was a good idea. Somebody could send in notes or something. <laughs> we can plagiarize them. And, and something that they feel, um, is, and then we can discuss it. That way, so that 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 way, maybe she would understand <laughs> me just, a bit more. I just need to read this. Emma was complaining uh, about you to me in the uh, No, the no, car she was complaining she about, was, uh, about... No, she wasn't. She was... Uh, this is what? a lie. She wasn't what? complaining about me. Okay. She wasn't. <laughs> so whatever you have to say is false, so shut up. Turn on my light. That's all right. Well, there must be a misunderstanding with that one. Yes, Josh, you misunderstand <coughs> everyone. That's what you've discussed. <laughs> discovered that Emma's notes is just a description of the book. Never mind. Have you not prepared for this at all? Josh, I've had no bloody time. I've only had a discussion with Emma about it. I know you read a bit of it. Who told you that? Emma. Because I said we had a discussion with it. Who told you I read Ruth who after? Told you who told you I read Ruth after you told Lies. me to read Ruth? <laughs> How did you know? 
who told me I read? Who told who you? Who told you? Who told you I read Ruth right after you told me to read Ruth? <laughs> who told you? There you go, man. All right, hello, folks. Welcome to ATT. This one's going to be rushed and fast and improvised. Fast paced. Because I'm going on holiday soon. And Josh Speed was like, power. in the middle of my, on the middle of my mad shenanigans of trying to get ready because of COVID, because of passports, because of a bunch of certificates and stuff that I need to get. Josh was like, hey Ben, got time to do a podcast? And I'm like, no, I don't have time to do a podcast. And then Josh goes, oh, I think you've got time to do a podcast. And I went, no. And he went, yeah. And I went, no. And then here we are. We're doing a podcast because Josh is a very persuasive person. Anyway, so uh, I said we're going to do Ruth, and that's about all the prep I did. <laughs> um, there's a saying I like to use. Don't, for, don't count on Ben. <laughs> don't count on Ben. Don't ever count on me for anything. No, there's a saying that I like to use when I talk about Ruth. Um, for like relationships and stuff, uh, for uh, especially Christian relationships. So, Josh, you're single, so you benefit from this. Oh, right. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, also, Josh is single. <laughs> um, listen, if if you're if you're if you're a girl, obviously, and you're, you're you know you're 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 wanting to understand how a good Christian uh, woman should act, especially um, uh, especially if you want to be a girlfriend or a wife, uh, read Ruth. 100% read Ruth and then likewise if you're a, if you're a guy I find and you're in that same sort of story uh, read the story of Jacob and then swap and then you know that's, that's something to talk about um, alternatively if you are a person on the earth you shall read Ruth, Ruth and, and Jacob from it. anyway you probably could not yeah <clears throat> so uh, Ruth quick summary of Ruth uh, basically there's a character called Naomi and Elimelech. 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 Anyway. Yes. Uh, so there's famine happening in the land of Judah, specifically uh, Bethlehem. And uh, they then migrate to Moab. And Moab is a not really a, a god. It's a godless uh, place where they have idols and stuff. And... Um, and in Moab, uh, Naomi's two sons marry these two girls called Ruth and Josh. Uh, begins with O. Why did you do this? Orpha. Orpha. There we go. Orpha. Nice, Josh. Orpha. 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 Did you do that because you didn't know? I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, Ruth and Orpha. Orpha. Orca. Killer whale. Watch she will be. <laughs> Um, yes, and uh, so she's got two daughters-in-law. Anyway, so Elimelech and his two sons die, basically, and it's really, very sad, and Naomi basically is like, there's nothing for me here anymore, and apparently the famine's lifted in Bethlehem, so she moves back, and her two daughter-in-laws, because they're hers by law kind of now, they're both like, oh, please take us with you, and then uh, Naomi's like, look, the Lord has turned his back from me. I, there's no, there's no need. Turn back and sojourn in your own city. Well, they basically said, um, she said, "There's nothing for you here. Like, what am I to do? What are you to, 
wait until I bear a son for you to marry? Yeah. Will you just go to your own country, to your own gods, to your own people, and just yeah. find go go back there? to what you're used to, basically. You know, because there's nothing, nothing, nothing. What are you, what are you going to do? Wait for me to bear a son? All of that, what you've just said. Anyway, so Orpa's like with tears in her eyes, basically says, "Okay, I will, I will," and she turns. But then Ruth is very famously says, "Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, and your god will be my god." And that is what I want to focus on. Um, just this for this wee quick episode here. What does it mean to give up everything you've known for just to on what well, very much looks like a limb? You know, Naomi's been deb- probably debating us for some time, and she says, "Right, pack my bags. I'm leaving." The Lord, she she t- changes her name to Mara which means uh, bitter. The Lord has done, dealt bitterly with me. And um, and she's yeah, she's quite depressed. And uh, Ruth shows compassion on her and says, I love you. You're my, you will be my mother and I your daughter. And uh, we will be happy. Do you want me to read that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Passage of, so uh, this is Naomi. Yep. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do to me and uh, do so to me. And more also, if anything but death departs from you parts me from you and when naomi saw that she was determined to go with her she said no more mm-hmm. so like that, those are powerful words they are they are They're... that's a complete rejection of what she was yeah. her whole identity as a moabite as a as someone who was apart from like the the uh sorry people of god you know she rejects mm. her her home gods follow your god that's completely yeah, and i think up. of all the great dramas in the bible um, often the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, focuses on like sort of glosses over kind of major battles, and it's like so. For example, David, and then there's a battle, and then this, and then that, and then there's not really an exchanging of many words, especially in David and Jonathan's relationship. You can imagine there's loads of like conversation, but the Bible only really particularly talks about how, well, look, we're brothers now. I love you. You love me. Let's get this sorted. Whereas in Ruth, it's a really it's a really detailed story. It's four chapters long, but it's really detailed and powerful and the exact words there. And um, Ruth was written during the time of uh, King David. Uh, Ruth was David's uh, great-grandmother. Um, and um, it's just a lovely wee story, I think. A lovely wee story about a really devoted daughter-in-law who basically becomes daughter um and this is how david comes about really so and, well yeah so then Rith, Rith ends up uh bearing a son who bears be more sons yes. and then eventually david mm. right who eventually mm. after that's jesus yes so it's very interesting that from a foreigner like an outsider a moabite woman a follower of false gods if becomes like, Ruth, part of the line of jesus if ruth stayed in moab no Jesus, plain and simple. Yeah, which is just mind blowing. 
no <laughs> no no Jesus, no David, uh no no Solomon. Um and this is kind of the start, this is kind of the beginning because I think it's a so uh, uh, a lot of people ask me um why does God let evil things happen or bad things happen and things like that? Well, he's not he's not a nice God if he does that. And often I look at the story of um, well Joseph first. He was thrown in a pit by his brothers, but then because of that he ended up becoming the most second most powerful man in Egypt. Um, you know that all worked out. Um, here we have Naomi's family, uh, her her sons and her and her husband passing away. And she feels that God's abandoned her and dealt bit bitterly with her, as she says. Um, but then you, what do you what 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 do you see here? Then you get this person who's devoted to her to her, and what was I saying? Do <laughs> you want me to have you out, Ben? Yes, mate. Uh, you were talking about. Right, why why are you relating this to young women in particular? Yeah, right. This this devotion this devotion to this devotion to her mother in law is astonishing. Is absolutely astonishing. And I think we can learn something by it. Because it's it's such a it's a it's a heroic thing. It's something you watch in a movie and tears come to your eyes. It's something that is somehow so perfectly and expertly crafted and written that had to make sense that something that beautiful could develop something even more beautiful, which, as we know, was Jesus Christ. All right? That's the story. This is the well, beginning. Well, you missed half the story. So, um, Ruth met Boaz. Well, yes, there's the whole romance between, obviously, Ruth, like, there has to be some intrigue there. Ruth um, works the fields uh, for... In the, uh, she right, so Boaz yeah. is more powerful kind of guy. He's part of... Um, Naomi's extended sort of family. Um, so there's Naomi doesn't have any sort of son to bear the name of her husband. So they in the, that culture you'd have a redeemer, someone who would come and give give you a son. So you know, so that so the the husband's line would still continue. Continue, yeah. So Boaz turned out to be one of these redeemer people, and. Uh, and so there was Romeo in this story, and, and essentially, Boaz had some fields. Uh, people were working in the fields, but in that culture, you'd leave gleanings. Mm. Okay, what's gleaning, Ben? What what are, what are gleanings? It's like the stuff that of value that's left over from the yeah. fields, it's like the corners or like the yeah. edges are left untouched, so like the the more power people can, you know, have something to live on. Okay, um, I'll take it. I'll 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 take it from the start here from notes I've made. Uh, I made these notes an hour before I left here. I did not expect expect to rely on them, but there's so much in this story. Absolutely, and like, this is where we. Tra- this there's is, so much in this story. This is the part where we transfer the episode that originally was going to be led by Ben, but whoa, now it's Josh. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, right, go. Do you allow this, Ben? I do allow this. Yeah, you have my right. consent. So Ruth is, she's a foreigner. She's not a person in the kingdom of God's chosen people. She's a Moabite, a follower of false gods, no less. Right? But yet, through these strange circumstances of 
death she has devoted herself in self-sacrifice to this this widowed mother her mother-in-law right and the passage i'll read it again uh do not urge me to leave uh you or to return from following you for where you go i will go and where you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there will be there will i be buried may the lord do so to me and more also if anyone put but death parts me from you that's so powerful those words okay and then uh, a few more sentences over she's now gleaning she's picking up gleanings in the, this field of boazes now if you can imagine what is it what is gleaning what does it represent okay the, the process of gleaning is symbolically it's necessary it's a necessary precondition to life okay and life does flourish after this process of gleaning okay think about it it's leaving things untouched at the edge but you are gathering loads of stuff in but you're leaving these things untouched okay um you're leaving uh, you're leaving a remainder not to be destroyed does, yes does that ring any bells of the whole old testament uh, leaving leaving a, uh, a remainder a remnant uh is a, is a precursor to life okay so <coughs> life can start again yeah it's like a union between order and chaos, okay, with not, neither of which being destroyed. Mm. Um, if I read uh, chapter 2, verse 5 to 7, uh, then uh, Boaz said to his young man, uh, to his young man who was in the charge of the reapers, who, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi after the country, uh, from the country of Moab. He said, Please let me glean and gather among your sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she continued from her uh, from early morning until now, except for a short rest. And if I read on, uh, then Boaz said to Ruth, "Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean uh, in another field or to leave this one, uh, but keep close to my young women. Let uh, your eyes be on the fields that they are reaping, and go after them. For I do not charge the for I do not charge." Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go down to uh, go to the vessels and drink uh, what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing on the ground, and said to them, Why have I found favour in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered, All that uh, uh, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you do not know, that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward to be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favour in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant. Just, though I am not one of your servants. I just want to cut in there. I, what images came to me there was just this perfect example of what Jesus is, in my opinion, an outsider, right? An outsider who does not serve God, who then is born again and comes into this different foreign land, this land of God, with these people of God. And oh, the earth is so full of these just these 
really deep words i think even what boas said there this um you will be rewarded you're welcome you know it's a words of welcome and reward and understanding i think is particularly um bold to me and you just look at that and you're like well is that not everyone's story anybody anyone who comes to christ is that not everyone's story so if you look at this through as you should as we're so blessed to be able to look at the stories of the bible through the lens of jesus christ exactly uh think about it in terms of uh ruth being sorry but just us right we're outsiders ruth being people we are sinners sinners we are moabites worshiping false gods uh with civil backgrounds and you imagine boaz being the redeemer right so one to uh one to bring us into the line of uh, the kingdom of god and it's very interesting. What do you see? What do you see Naomi as being? Okay, I'm gonna read a few things I've written, mm-hmm. and I want you to answer hopefully correctly. Okay. okay. Um. So through what I just read is uh, the recognition of worthiness to be a part of the kingdom. Um. Although a foreigner, um, like that, that the worth is defined through the repentance and giving up of oneself. Okay, you're no longer part of. Your Moabite tribe, you no longer worship your false gods. You now follow. You're part of my family. Mm. You're part of you worship my God, X X Y Z. You know, etc. And the the reward that Boaz talks about is not just the reward in that present. It's the ultimate reward, because yeah. as we've discovered, David and then Jesus. Yes, it's basically being part of the family of god yeah. is essentially what it is and this is the process in getting into that family yes and how how did this first start off uh ruth was bound by law to the mother okay now if i reframe that right worth is defined through repentance and giving up oneself to be bound by law to the mother okay what's the mother what's the church is that not oh, where you flip. yeah Oh, you're born again I was where wor- do babies come from Ben ah! mothers mothers okay you're bound by law to to the to the mother that, <coughs> I was the church. I was just about to say there because you said um, for me answer I was just about to say I believe Naomi to be the toll and the sacrifice of God's children and the work and sometimes God does deal bitterly but it's always to the to the glory of him it's always for god's glory timothy keller famously said um if you knew the mind of god you wouldn't change a single thing in your life because everything in your life that happens happens for a divine reason and that is what happens with the church aka naomi i believe in ruth it's that symbol and this is the Old Testament. Let's just remind you, this is the Old Testament. And I think in many of our pod, in many of our episodes, we talk about patterns. Here it is again, folks. Yeah, do you want me to blow your mind? Yes, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Galatians, New Testament, uh, chapter five, twenty-six to twenty-seven. It's also quoted in Isaiah fifty-four. But um, this is what this is what it said. For, uh, yeah, no. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, 
you who are not in labour, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the than those of the one who has a husband. Is that not that's, a perfect description that's of just Naomi? Mind blowing. These books are <coughs> written written years and years and years and years and years apart. They're also in their particularities. They're they also are describing different things, but there are an yeah, overla- overarching pattern to this whole whole thing. To me personally, the main pattern that I see is no matter the toll and the struggle of the church no matter how barren it seems no matter how bitter you feel your you've been your cards have been dealt the next day the next year the next however long will bear fruitful rewards because as we've discussed this you're immortal if you're a christian if you're a child of god you're there's always going to be that reward jesus talks about how he's a mansion prepared for each one of us how, how what is 80 years of pain to an eternity of worship you know naomi is the church as you said that's the it's like with david how i talked about oh this is about david but actually i ended up with talking about saul and then in this we're like well, Ruth is us, all right? Ruth, we're the foreigners coming into God's kingdom, you know? And some person might say, oh, well, we're all God's children. Well, actually, Jesus says very particularly that if you're not with God, you're against God, you know, uh, you're an enemy of God and you need to reconcile and you need to repent. And, you know, there's always there's always big, big warning things because then you'll end up in a place that is a bad place. And I think more people need to hear this because... Um, I mean, I don't know, to me, modern churches do, sort of don't talk about hell enough, in my opinion. Especially in this time of crisis and COVID, where a lot of people, um, especially in terrible places like um, what was Afghanistan as well, a lot of people went to see Jesus and they had a conversation with him. Every single person on this earth is going to have a conversation with Jesus. And that needs, that needs, <laughs> people need to think about that. Because they don't know when just like naomi didn't know when her husband and her sons were going to be killed just as she just just as so that she didn't know that ruth was going to give up everything to follow her we need to take the good with the bad is what i'm trying to say the good things and bad things are unpredictable just because the majority of us live or the people listening to this podcast the majority of us live pretty much perfect lives all right and the only reason why they're imperfect is because of sin all right we've all got food we've all got beds and um, we've all got necessary things that make our lives generally easy the reason why we feel it's hard is because hard things all right they're unpredictable just as the good things are but we're, we're more relaxed with good things naomi church if your churches fall under issues every church in the world has fallen under an issue and that issue has been covid and stuff but no matter it no matter that, there's always going to be that ultimate reward that is Jesus Christ. Because that's the reward that Boaz talks about. Surely your people, surely you will be reward. You, he talks about Ruth. What is Ruth? Ruth represents the foreigner. Ruth represents the outsider, the person who was brought into the God's borders, all right? So when he says, you will be rewarded, he's not just talking about Ruth. He's talking about all of the outsiders and the foreigners and the people who are not Christians. And what she represents. And what's the reward? <clears throat> what's the reward, Josh? Being united into the 
family of God. Who who is the reward, Josh? Who is the reward? With the line of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. All right. It's the same reward that Ruth got. Same reward that I got. Josh got. That we're all gonna get. All right. And you you need to remember Naomi, who represents the church, right? She wants to be called what, Mara. Her Naomi meant pleasant. Mara means bitter. Hmm. That's how distraught she is. She goes to a foreign country, loses everything. She gets she has these daughter in laws. They 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 lose. they lose everything. Okay, this isn't a happy situation. Uh, not at all. Yet, what have I written here? Is this not the story of the Bible? The church is the barren woman, who now, by virtue of Christ's passion, gives birth to many children. That is what Naomi, Ruth, Boaz, and their exactly. nine represent. I, I think if you if you read Ruth with this magnifying glass that Josh and I have presented to you now, and you keep that magnifying glass and read the entire, they just read any anything in the Bible, you can see these these patterns. That is the pattern of Jesus Christ throughout the Bible. You'll see that Jesus Christ, and it talks about this. Jesus Christ is the same today, today as he was yesterday and forevermore. Well, you can see it if you're willing to see. Exactly. Just and here, let's 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 just briefly talk about uh, Ruth's sister-in-law. Oh my goodness, uh, Orpa. Orpa, let's just talk about her. I people are gonna wonder what happened to her and why it doesn't she get the reward? She surely. I mean, let's be honest, Josh. If terrible things happened, would you? Would you do what Ruth did? Go with your father-in-law or mother-in-law and just abandon everything? Your mother and your father, as it says. I don't think many people would because yeah. they want to stick with what's comfortable. And the last last episode I talked, or the episode, sorry, with um, me, why be a Christian, is you got to leave your comfort zone because what's comfortable most of the time is comes from a place of dark comes from a place of evil now being a christian is not comfortable one bit you can be comfortable in your faith but actually living that out is terrible look what look what ruth is doing she's working she works she's and it's only it's not even it's not even actual work it's picking the the bits and bobs the corners you know the rough cuts to survive she's picking up these seeds of faith josh that's what she's doing that's what people do what is it that jesus says knock and the door will be open to you. Seek and you will find. If you follow the crumb trail, is what I'm trying to say, you will find Jesus. If you're wanting to find Jesus, you will find him. There's not a single person who can honestly say, oh, I tried looking for Jesus. Because every single person who has ever said that at the end of their life has said something completely different. I have a friend who told me a story and it was about an old man who's in my friend is a Christian, and he says, um, and he had this uncle, and and he says, look, that, you're a Christian, but if that works for you. It's all right, blah 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 blah. Anyway, so this guy um, basically ends up on his deathbed, and he's an hour away from death, basically. And my friend says, you're gonna you're gonna be an attorney in a minute. You're gonna see Jesus. And this guy who's been denying it his whole life says, I know there's a God. And there's nothing I can do about it. That wasn't a confession of faith. 
that wasn't him becoming a Christian because as far as my friend knows, he went into eternity lost. This guy knew there was going to be something, something waiting for him. And I know many stories and many people just before death who has this kind of spiritual understanding. And it's why, it's why we, it's why even atheists tell little kids that their granny and granddad go to heaven, you know, because it's easier, it's, it's, it's easier for them to explain rather than witnessing the heartache there's truth in that, you know, and we're talking about or 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 Orpa. <laughs> we're talking about Orpa here. She turned and she went back to the land that was comfortable, that at this time was fruitful, because Bethlehem wasn't well, that's, Bethlehem that's why wasn't they went famine. There. Exactly, it's something that was an was an option that was that provided safeguard, safekeeping. But then, what happens to Moab further down the line? I'm sure there's many times it got destroyed. There. Many, many times. We need to be willing to be like Ruth, to give up what we're comfortable with, to give up the things that tether us to our earthly ways. Because and Josh covers this in his materialism episode. What is what's the point of materialism? If because it's only it's only it's only it's only a by definition it has by no definition point. it has no point. It's only a surface. It's only scratching the surface of what's it called? The surface of the I don't know. It's only scratching the surface. <laughs> um, because if you stay comfortable in what you have and what is there, and you don't and you refuse to think any deeper, if you refuse to think about what happens after death if you refuse to think about what what soul is if you refuse to have these conversations about morality if you're outright refusing these things then you're you're staying with a comfortable life you're being like oprah 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 oprah, oprah. oprah. Off your, your, your... Orpah. Orpah. oprah 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 <laughs> oprah you're being like oprah and and people are going to say oh you can't blame her you can't blame her that that's what I would do, honestly. You can't blame her. That's why it's so tough. That's why it's so... And if you put work and you put sacrifice in, then you will be rewarded. That's basically what God says. If you put the work in for God, if you put the work in for your faith, for your church, Naomi didn't stop working. It's, and I, I, know, I know Ruth was picking up the seeds and stuff, but Naomi, as you said, she was in a bad place, like changing her name and wondering what was going to happen. Wondering why God wouldn't kill her and take her to be with her husband. Why Why did God keep her? Why spare her? Hmm. She wasn't... Well, she was, God has dealt, dealt bitterly with me. Yeah, she's bitter here. And she's bitter because she's still alive, in my opinion. She's the she's the last one. And she was fully prepared because she told her she told her two daughters-in-law to stay. She was just fully prepared to live on her own and accept that this is what God... And I think churches feel like that sometimes. That, look, this is it. We're alone. This is us. The world is lost. We're just going to wait here. Wait to die, basically. Wait for God to take me and be with my um, son, um, sons and my fathers. I feel, I feel like some churches feel like that. They're like, you're the only ones left. But no, 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 no. There's always this reward. There's always this, this miracle it is a miracle this miracle that happens all the time and it's a pattern and it's never ever well, ever is the church's destiny to die yeah over and over again and then i will reiterate the church is the barn women who by now by the virtue of christ's passion gives birth to many children and at the end of the story 
you know, all this was fruitful. What she birthed, uh, like a son has been born to Naomi, they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these were the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. King David. And this was the prequel to the David series. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, the um, prequel. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that'll about wrap that episode up. Um, thank you very much for listening. Was a bit rough at the start, but oh, goodness, I prepared for that an hour yeah, before. My, my improv is great, you know. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Please Look comment. Cool. Please talk to us. Please um, listen. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, thank you. <laughs>